I want to play a game with you this morning. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes and just imagine what it must be like to be blind. To experience the darkness. Feeling of being alone. Listen to the sounds. The smells around you. Trying to find perspective of where the noises are coming from. Are they threatening? Are they far away? Are you feeling around for stability as you move? Wanting desperately to be free to see? Can you hear conversations? Not sure who's talking. Your name being called, perhaps. Not sure who's calling. Trying to recognize the voice. The senses are heightened. Confusion filling the darkness with even greater blindness. You can open your eyes. How important is our sight to us? You know, we do all sorts of things to get our sight. We visit the optometrist. We want glasses, contact lenses, cataracts removed, laser surgery. And I've even heard now it's stem cell treatment. We're desperate to see. My, my sermon today is, I once was blind, but now I see. See, Jesus came so we could receive the miracle of sight, but not just physical sight, but vision of who we really are in him. The story of blind Bartimaeus, to me, it's this picture of the soul of humanity. It's like all the whole of soul of humanity is struggling to see. They're fighting, they're crying out, I want to see, please help me to see. And then the world is shoving them back in silence and saying, sit down, you don't need that. But you do. You need your sight. Begging for lack of inheritance, calling out for mercy. This is what I see in the world. Struggling to find light and vision, being pushed back into the silence. But Jesus is calling us out. He's asking us to rise in faith, throw aside the lack Ask for true vision to follow him, just like Bartimaeus did. As soon as he received his vision, he followed Jesus. I'd like to compare some passages with scripture today. We're going to play two games today. We've already played one. Here's another one. I want us to play a game called Spot the Difference. If you've got your Bibles, you can make a note of this. But let's have a look on the screen. And I want you to compare with me. You see, Isaiah 61 was what the prophet said about Jesus and his purpose. But in Luke 4, we have Jesus reading it himself in the synagogue, saying what his purpose was. So we begin with line by line. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. And Luke 4 says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. I would say that's the same, would you? I need your help. Yeah. 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 To preach good tidings to the poor, 
Luke, to preach the gospel to the poor, same, yeah. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, exactly the same. To proclaim liberty to the captives, to proclaim liberty to the captives, same. And here we go. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound, and Luke says, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Seems like to me there's an extra line in there, doesn't there? The end part's the same, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This opening of the prison to those who are bound and the difference in Luke. I went and I had a look in the Blue Letter Bible because I like to have a look at the Greek and see what things say. This, this phrase, opening the prison, it's a Hebrew phrase and it says opening of the eyes wide. So it actually means the same. Opening of the eyes wide is opening of the prison. That bit that says recovery of sight to the blind. You see, that blindness is not just physical blindness. Why would, why would Jesus or, or they write the Bible and just say blindness? What about all the other illnesses? It's not just blindness, you see. It's not just physical blindness. It's, it's your spiritual blindness that we're talking about here. This was a setting people free from the prison of spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness is as much a prison as physical blindness. And you know that if, if we're not healed of spiritual blindness, we will struggle to be healed physically. Paul, in fact, was given the same purpose as Jesus. He was also asked to open up the spiritually blind eyes. On the road to Damascus, when he, were, he was made blind, he fell off the horse. Jesus spoke to him and he said, Who are you, Lord? Paul asked. And the Lord replied, I'm Jesus, the one that you're persecuting. Now, get to your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and a witness, to tell the people that you have seen me, and to tell them what I will show you in the future. I'll rescue from both the people and the Gentiles. I'm sending you, here it is, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to what? To open their eyes so that they can turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, and they will receive forgiveness of their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. Spiritual blindness. I once was blind, but now I see. Paul once was blind, and now he could see. And his purpose, and Jesus' purpose, was to take away spiritual blindness. If we were to identify the number one enemy in our lives as Christians, I would say it's spiritual blindness to what Christ has done for us. This type of darkness is often the foundation to issues that we have problems that we have in our lives to be spiritually blind is like being in a prison and feeling bound some of the results of being spiritually blind is darkness if you're in a prison it's dark isn't it people can't see where they're going they're subject to natural senses which are amplified to guide them through life and they're often bumping into things and getting hurt 
Spiritual blindness is being ruled by your emotions. People's lives and decisions are just controlled by their emotions, which are up and down, closing in on them, stress, doubt, fear, which we talked about today already. They just muffle out the voice of God, and people just feel their way through life in this state of confusion. Spiritual blindness is begging and in lack. See, the people become unaware of what their inheritance is, what Jesus has already paid for, and they beg instead of receiving. How important is it for us to see spiritually? To what lengths will we go to see spiritually, like our physical eyesight, to see the good news that Jesus, he, he's already said, I am the light of the world, and he wants to bring light to us. Jesus wants us to see through his eyes. He wants you to see with him. He wants you to see life with him. This light and glorious inheritance, it belongs to us. Will you fight for it? So John says, John eight twelve in the Passion, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, and those who embrace me will experience life-giving light, and they'll never walk in darkness. When you get close to Jesus, you'll not be in blindness. You'll not be in the dark. Our eyes open, and they move from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, to receive forgiveness of sins, and to operate in this empowerment, enabling, in him perspective, we have a new contract of sight. Have any of you got insurance policies and Sky TVs and all those, and the contract expires, and you take out a new one, don't you? You renew a contract. You can't claim on the old contract anymore. You can't claim on that policy number anymore. It doesn't exist. You have a new contract. Jesus came to bring you a new contract of sight. The new contract is a different way of living. It's words of life. It's we're living in this new creation. We're on a different level of response altogether. It's not, it's not as if we're blind and unaware of what's ours. It's a it's, it's totally different response. It's like when fear comes, you say, no, I'm not, I'm not going there. I d- it doesn't belong to me. When, when the depression starts to hit and sadness wants to pull you down, no, no, that's, that's not where I live anymore. I have a new contract. Elisha's servant woke up one day and he's just like surrounded by the enemy. How many of you wake up in the morning and you just feel that it's surrounding me? And his response was, we're going to die. Oh no, what shall we do? And what did Elisha say? He said, God, please open the servant's eyes to see the chariots of fire of angelic hosts surrounding us. There is no need to fear. Don't get stuck under that wrong contract where your senses are, are what are leading you. 
it's like you have this coat of emotion that just drowns over the top of your spirit. You see, it's not about your failure to be faithful. It's about his unfailing faithfulness. It's a new lens. I live under a new contract. I once was blind, but I now see. I want to tell you two stories of blind men that Jesus healed. The one guy, he was at uh, Bethsaida. Forget the name right. You find the story in Mark 8. So Jesus comes to Bethsaida, and they bring this blind man to him. And uh, they said, could you heal him? And immediately Jesus takes him out of Bethsaida. And you ask the question, why? Why would he take him out of the village? Because if you look in Matthew, Jesus cursed this place as a place of unbelief. You see, we would call that a place of spiritual blindness. To receive our sight, we need to come away from the place of unbelief. Jesus spat on his eyes. He laid hands on the man. And he asked him if he could see anything. And he responded by saying, I see like trees. I see men like trees. So that, to me, tells me this was a restoration of sight. This guy had seen before to have been able to visualize sort of what trees and men looked like. And Jesus prayed for him again. And you know what he said? Look up. And then he saw. Jesus spit on his eyes. He put his DNA onto his eyes. He needed new lenses to see life through. He needed to see life through Jesus' eyes, not through unbelief. He needed to look up in expectancy. Do you know how often we as believers, we start off right, don't we? We've got expectancy. We can see the revelation that God's got for us, and we get bogged down with the world of unbelief. And suddenly the world is saying, it's impossible. It can't be. We start to look down instead of looking up to the source of our light. And and what we once could see, we become blind to. Unbelief can creep in. Don't allow it. Over time, if we don't daily keep connected to the source of life, it will. You'll end up sitting in a prison of darkness and totally unaware that the doors actually open. Has unbelief made you blind? Do you want to see again? Nehemiah was actually an example of this. and He was given a vision to rebuild the walls, wasn't he? And in this building process, like any building project, who's done building work around here? I know a couple of you are doing building work. What do you get? Rubble. You, you need to get a skip and get rid of the rubble. It builds up rubble when you start building. You start building in your life, you start building for God, anything. You will get rubble. But you need to get rid of the rubble. The challenge is not to get bogged down in it. The, the rubble is your negative conversation. The fear. The feeling of inadequacy. Slipping into a place where, I'm not sure if I believe this is possible anymore. Then God gives you a vision of who you are, 
when, when that happens, the enemy immediately comes and he says, I want to pull you down from the progress of your building. Come, come, let's look at the rubble. Let's, let's talk about what didn't work. Don't go there. Nehemiah was almost done. He was he reached the point of the building program where he had ma- managed to get all the cracks patched up and um, it was just the gates and the doors that needed to be put in. So you can imagine him. He's up the ladder and he's working and he gets five letters from his enemy saying, come down, we want to talk to you. And it's so amazing because Nehemiah says, I know you're scheming. I know this is to pull me down. And this is what he says. I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. And why should the work come to a standstill just so I can come down and see you? So Nehemiah continued the work with an even greater determination. And he built it within 52 days despite the opposition. Don't get off the wall. Keep your vi- if God's given you a vision, you stick with the vision. You don't come down in the rubble, and you don't care how many letters they write you either. It doesn't matter. You keep building. Nehemiah, he knew how to stay on that ladder and focused. Remind your soul, because it's a, po- it's a thing of the soul. Be strong in the Lord. God gave you a vision of who you are, who you can be. Now you use that vision to fight the battle. You know when that blind man was healed and he was in the village of, just outside the village of Bethsaida, Jesus gave him very important instructions at the end and he said to him, don't you go back into the village on your way home. Don't you go back, once you've had your sight restored, don't you go back to that place of unbelief, blindness. You need to protect your sight. Mm. So we have another man that Jesus healed. This man was born blind, and Jesus saw him on the Sabbath, and uh, he spat on the ground, and he made clay, put it on the man's eyes, and he asked him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And he came back seeing When you read through the story, it's in John 9. It's quite a long passage, so I'll let you you read that for yourself. It says, there is just this constant fighting, repeated questioning surrounding this man's healing, questioning, confusion. It's the disciples, the, the Jewish neighbors, the Pharisees, the parents, they're all confused. And in this passage, there was new lenses for everybody. There was new lenses for everyone who was blind in the story. You see, when the disciples heard about it, because he was born blind, they, they were more into speculation. They were like, who sinned? Must be something in his past. He did something wrong, him, his family. Instead of ministering to the guy, they're speculating on whose fault it was. Jesus wasn't even interested in that. He wasn't interested in who or what caused blindness. Because as we've heard before, that was Fred, right? Fred, the old man, he was bringing light into the darkness. Look at this. 
in John 8, uh, John 9, verse 3 to 5 in the message. I love this. Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There's no such cause effect here. Look instead for what God can do. Wow. Look for the good things that God can do, the possibilities that God could do. Who's interested in who and what and why? You see, God doesn't want to renovate your past. He wants to release you into your future. Amen. Let's get out of the blame game, shall we? It's just a confusion, and it, and it goes nowhere. Jesus wasn't focused on the past. Jesus was focused on the present and the future of the man. He gave the man more than his physical sight. He gave him spiritual sight. And the Pharisees, they questioned this man. Shame. And the parents, over and over in the chapter, they, their own blindness caused them confusion. They asked, why on the Sabbath? How were your eyes open? Who is he? What did you do? Where is he? What do you say about him? Do you believe he's the son of God? Are we blind as well? Man, they were exhausting. Unfortunately, they remained blind. Because they didn't ask the right questions, did they? They had this mindset of wanting, and Wayne gave us this quote, they had this mindset of not wanting to learn, unlearn, or relearn. They were fixed in their blindness. They refused to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Even even since the world began, it said, they'd not heard of anyone being healed of blindness that was born blind. Yet, they said in verse 24, we know Jesus is a sinner. They just refused to relearn or unlearn. And Jesus addressed this blindness. He said to him, I've come into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day so that those who have never seen will see. But those who've made this great pretense of being able to see will be exposed as blind. The Pharisees just refused to see, to have their lenses changed because of what they were convinced of was truth. The parents, well, they were very indifferent in the situation. They were afraid of the Jewish people. They were afraid that they were going to get into trouble if they had to talk about Jesus. And unfortunately, you have to make a choice spiritually. You can't avoid the spiritual battle of blindness or seeing. It won't go away. If you don't choose new lenses, you unfortunately will stay blind. New lenses are old. Do you remember in the World War Two when the war kicked off, they... They took the children on the trains, didn't they? And they, they took them out into the countryside to protect them. But that didn't mean the war stopped. The war continued. Their towns and cities were devastated and were bombed. When they came back, they had to still face the war or the devastation of war. You can't avoid the choice of spiritual blindness. 
or, or wanting to see. It doesn't go away. You can't be like a child and, and hide away from it. And you can't be like an ostrich that put your head in the sand. You have to make a choice. So why don't you choose? Choose to see. I once was blind, but now I see. In contrast, this blind man, he received his physical sight. He got his new lenses. He recognized it's amazing when you read the chapter. He recognized Jesus, the man. He called Jesus a prophet from God. And his final answer to the Pharisees was, if this man was not from God, he could do nothing. I know one thing for sure. I was blind. I can see. He was tossed out of the synagogue, excommunicated by the Pharisees. And Jesus comes alongside him and he said, do you believe in the Son of God? And he's blind man. He confessed. He said, yes, I believe. And he worshipped Jesus. The man was blind, but he could now truly see. He had a lens change. You see, the first man I talked about, Bethsaida, he got his eyesight restored, didn't he? And Jesus healed lots of people, restored them back to health. And, and God wants to give us our sight back if, if we've become blind. That's great. He wants restored sight. But just as Jesus gave the man born blind his sight that he never had, he wants to give us new lenses, new things that we've never seen, sight we've never seen. God wants to give us completely new lenses. He wants us to see things that we've never understood, new visions from him, to see ourselves in him and his ability with those new possibilities. Noah, he was given plans to build an ark and he saw a rainbow. Abraham was given a miracle son. Moses was given a burning bush, a nation of people in a Red Sea to walk through. Peter was given a blanket full of animals and Gentiles to convert. John was given a glimpse of heaven. Isaiah says, I'm doing something new. See? Is it the seeing? See, I've already begun. Where do you see? It's in your spirit. Don't you see it? Can't you see it? I'll make pathways in the wilderness for you. I'll create Rivers in the dry wasteland. Do you want to see new things? New things. I once was blind, but now I see. Hmm. It's time to clear the mechanism. This term here, I'll try and explain it to you. It's time to clear the mechanism. Too often we pray against the obstacles, the dark prison, the rubble that's making us blind, while we never examine the possibility that we could actually be getting in our own way. We complain when we could start changing our lenses. We could stop making every problem external, and look to our own internal responsibility. Why don't we cut out the negativity, the unbelief, the insecurity, 
talking all the time about our weaknesses. See, to become diligent in believing Christ is our Emmanuel, he's always with us. He's always for us, enabling us. See, changing our lenses would then shift us, wouldn't it? Shift us from doubt and blindness and move us away from lack. Stop saying I can't. When we serve a God who has no limitations. (laughs) We need to clear the way of blindness. Stay diligent to keep the internal conversations propelling us past the external experiences. What's your internal conversation? Is it rubble? We need to get our internal conversations right. Get rid of the negativity. I want to call this clearing the mechanism. It's a new lens. It's a new mindset. It's a new sight. I'm going to play a clip for you um, from a movie. It's just three minutes, but I think it sums it up quite nicely for us. The movie clip comes from uh, this movie called For the Love of the Game. And it's about this 40-year-old guy who's called Billy Chappell. He's a baseball player, right? But now being 40, they would say he's a bit old for the game by by baseball standards. So he's fast approaching the end of his, his career. But he stands on this mound pitching for the game of his life. And his thoughts don't turn to his inability or the mocking crowd or the blindness. He turns the blindness into sight. Just just check this out. <laughs> clear. Yes. Clear the mechanism. Yeah. We need to clear that way of blindness, don't we? The internal conversations. What's happening with our internal conversations? Do you want to see with new lenses? but you find yourself like that, surrounded by unbelief, challenged with negative circumstances, questions, pressures, stress, weighing on you, forcing your head down. Do you feel like you're sitting in darkness, prison of blindness, driven by emotions? Have you become blind to your inheritance, fully paid for by Jesus? Don't get caught up like those Pharisees questioning. Why is it the way it is? Remember, Jesus said it's a wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There's no cause or effect. Look instead for what God can do. Look instead for God possibilities. One of the ways that we get new lenses is to start each day fresh. Fresh with Jesus. uh, Wayne preached this in um, his preach. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies, they never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every single morning. We need to clear the mechanism. The external noise the blindness in our lives. Refuse the thoughts of fear, 
of failure, when success is your pre-planned design from God, look up to his provision. Depend on Christ in you for everything you need. Put on the new lenses. Emmanuel, God is with me. God is for me. This awareness, it changes everything. It changes the way you you speak. It makes you more responsible and more intentional about your behavior and your conversations. This past while, God has really been teaching me, don't accumulate. Do you know what I mean by that? Something happened today and I'll take it through to tomorrow. Don't accumulate yesterday's stuff. Yesterday's conversation, yesterday's negativity, yesterday's blindness. Every night when you go to sleep, you lie there and you commit it to the Lord. That's yours, Lord. Take that, Lord. Take this, Lord. I don't need that. I'm unloading. I don't need it. And you go to bed and you make that conscious effort in your mind to lay it down, to rest. And you know, even if this is an ongoing problem, a long-term challenge, you just keep doing it every night. And you rest in the faithful, non-ceasing love and mercies of your Father. You lay it down because this refreshes you. You clear the mechanism because this refreshes you. And you'll be able to beat the enemy by staying fresher longer. Every day. Every day is the first day of everything. Clear it. Every day is the first day of everything. Every day you wake up, you see, and you say, and you pray, and you praise, and you say, Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, lead me. You wake up in the morning with new expectation and new lenses. You remember I'm going to ask the right questions. What God possibilities can we do today? Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. It's you and me today. What are we doing today? What does all this mean that I have on my agenda today? What would you like me to do today? What would you like me to say today? This is going to be an awesome day. Because you and I get to do this together, Lord. Emmanuel, God who never leaves me, we can get to do this together. And you know what? We win. You are releasing me into my future where everything in the kingdom belongs to me. Every morning I look to Emmanuel Shepherd. Every morning, I lean on Emmanuel Shepherd. Every morning, I listen to Emmanuel Shepherd. And I say, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you lead me. I can see, just like Paul, I can now say, I once was blind, but now I see. 